Hello, and welcome to episode 185 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And this week we're going to talk about Morrow's annual State of Design article. Yeah, he calls them lessons learned or whatever he calls them. Does one every year and talks about the uh, latest releases up to, like, from the last article to this article. Yeah, basically and, uh, the, like, magic year, so fall to summer. Yeah, talks about what went well, what went wrong, and things they're going to work for, and it's usually entertaining, so I figured we'd take yeah. a show and talk about some of the stuff. All right, so we're still uh, working on a mailbag-type episode, so if you mm-hmm. have any questions, magic-related or otherwise, that you want to ask us, get us on social media. All those links are in the description below. Yeah, I started making a list. I keep adding to it. I think I'm caught up with everyone who has sent mailbag questions, but keep them coming. We still need a bunch more. So any any burning questions you have, let us know. A um, couple ways you guys can support the show if you like what we do here. The first is with our TCG Player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Follow that link to TCG Player. Uh, soon it's going to be your only option. TCG Player's taken over all of Magic eventually, looks like. Um, follow that link, do your shopping. We'll get a percentage of whatever you purchase and it helps us pay all the bills we have for making this show. So we would appreciate if you did that when you make your magic purchases, if you want to support us directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casual MTG where patrons get access to our show notes. They get to kind of listen to a whole nother show. That's not really a show. It's just us hanging out and talking, but that's kind of what we do every week anyway. So Basically, patrons get a whole extra show. If you want to wanna listen to that, head on over to patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg and chip a couple bucks in. Um, that helps us out greatly, and mm-hmm. uh, we really appreciate it. Um, we have our YouTube channel where you can check out the video version of this episode. Uh, we'd appreciate it if you went over there and subscribed and gave us a thumbs up, left a comment or two. That would be awesome if you could do that as well. And then, like Brian said, we got our mailbag episode coming up. So any burning questions you guys have, magic or not, uh, send them on over. All the links to social media, ways you can get at us are in the description. All right. So first thing we're going to talk about is not Morrow, but my uh, adventure into uh, my first Commander games. (laughs) And uh, we played uh, PDH, so Popper Commander. Uh, with uh, the uh, PDH podcast. Mm-hmm. So that is uh, loyal listener Brad. Uh, yeah, and his co-host Dave. Yeah. And um, it was interesting. Uh, it was interesting, the, for the, sure. The PDH podcast uh, won. We were on their turf. <laughs> they trounced us. Yes. Yes. But... I had the Mimius deck. It wasn't good that every time I played a card, there was just chuckles. <laughs> of like, what Honestly, is Honestly, I didn't know what half the cards you... I, well, I mean, I didn't know what half of anybody's cards did, but your cards were... There, there were some deep cuts. Some deep cuts. So, yeah. for for those who didn't uh, listen to a pre-show a while back, I played Slippery Bogle mm-hmm. and decided that I would play a Slippery Bogle and then only pants so it was only pants.com and so (laughs) it was a slippery bogle and only aura so we used to call bogles 
Because you, you, you had to mulligan to a little kid in your opening yep. hand. Then you had to play the little on. kid. You had to put pants on the little kid. Then you had to send him to school. Yep. And I put pants on my little kid. I sent him to school. He never quite made it to school. <laughs> it was pretty entertaining for a while, though. Yeah. Yeah, he kept, like, stopping to help someone, like, find their lost puppy and got, like, stuck into a van. Uh, Distracted. <laughs> never to be seen again. Yeah. Um, And then you played Oddsmaker? Yeah, we played two games. The first deck I played Ezra Oddsmaker, which is kind of like a madness deck. Um, It lets you... I like the way Dave put it when we were playing. You bet on a creature, you discard a card, and then if that creature connects, you get to draw two cards. Mm-hmm. Um, because it has like a built-in discard outlet in the command zone, I built it like a madness deck, so I was getting value off of the discard as well as refilling my hand. And it seemed to work pretty well. I never ran out of gas. I stumbled on mana a little bit, mm-hmm. but never ran out of gas. And then and, what was your yeah, second then, commander? Uh, so the second commander I played was a uh, partner commanders. It was Dargo, the oh yeah, giant pirate, and Tormod, the desecrator. He's not okay. The uh, the giant pirate. Yeah, he, he hits pretty hard. He comes down pretty quick. And it's so much commander damage. Yeah, it's, it's lots rough. of commander damage. It's rough. Um. So and then Dave played some like commander legends commander. Yeah, I don't remember what the name of it was. It was like blue-black, and it gave you the initiative. And then once you completed a dungeon, it gave like plus 5, plus 0 or something. Like plus 5, plus 0 in every keyword you could think of, like first strike, menace, death touch? Maybe. Yeah, I think it did death touch regardless. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah. It was, uh, it was interesting for a while when you had that aura on your bogle and were just, like, bouncing his commander every turn. Yeah, silent sigil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would, like, I'd get the initiative, go down the thing, bounce his commander. Yeah, uh, except then, like, you kept having the initiative and... Then I got then attacked. Then advised me to attack you, and the only yeah. thing I could attack you with that you couldn't block hit really hard, so I ended it- up... Dead. Basically taking you out. <laughs> yeah, it was it was rough, man. It was rough. Yeah. Uh, Sigil of Sleep was the uh, was the MVP of those games. Yeah. Uh, Very entertaining. And then Brad's second commander was black white and didn't really get to do anything. Uh, yeah. The first commander it, 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 was something with experience counters, I think. Yeah, and then the the first game was a was a background commander. Mm-hmm. That was uh, it was a gut, I think. I actually have one right here on top of my stack of cards because I bought it as a possible like um, a cube in, in uh, insert. So it's gut, true soul, zealot. It's yeah, like two, two for three, and whenever you attack, you can sacrifice a creature or an artifact, and you make a four-one black skeleton creature token with menace that is tapped and attacking. Mm-hmm. And then he had a background that gave all tokens plus two plus two. Mm-hmm. So he was just making giant, giant tokens skeletons. every turn and yeah. Um ended the game very quickly. So uh if you listen to our pre-show, this kind of comes through. But um I will say that uh Slippery Bogle is uh regardless of how you uh, apparently there's a tier two version of Slippery Bogle. Not my <laughs> version. But apparently there's a tier two version somewhere. Well probably playing like some sort of interaction would have been good instead hey. of just I had two fight spell, two fours that made <laughs> let me 
cartouche of strength and yeah. then the like plus zero plus two like warbriar or something from yeah. there's two two pieces of interaction so in a hundred card deck in a hundred card deck two yeah. um hey I was there for a good time, not a long time, as evidenced by... uh, But, like, the uncommon commanders um, are at a significantly higher power level than uncommons not designed in the last three years and um, not designed for commander. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I don't know, like, Looking at like the list, it felt like that he had sent uh, the bride had sent. Uh, it it felt like Tatiova was the only like oldish uncommon. Yeah, it's not even that old. Yeah, but like old oldish would be the best way. I but could I mean, like Tatiova is like a tier one commander in commander. Yeah, and CDH too, I think. Yeah, so it's just a. Uh, it's a um, weird. I don't know. It's. It, I was just. I was just like, wow. Like, each of their commanders is like doing like three things a turn. Yeah. And mine can't block because. Uh, <laughs> um. There's only one green, common enchantment that gives vigilance. <laughs> uh, it was in there. There's only one. Uh. Yeah. But. Yeah, it was just, um, I was like, oh, this is what you get when you, like, play a, uh, a deck, a, like, a, a commander that is, is of the right power level. hmm I was surprised with how much combat there was. Like, I think that was when I, my fault? Well, I mean, I was playing decks that were, fo- both of my commanders were focused on combat also. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, probably didn't hurt, but... Like, even when I've played, like, actual commander in the past with generals that focused on combat, I didn't feel like there was much com- there was as much combat as there was on Saturday. Yeah, I like, we were we were always just, like, attacking. Because, I oh, mean... Yeah, I think every turn is... If you had a creature, you attacked with it. Every, everybody. Yeah, I mean, like, it wouldn't... Like, uh, Gut, I mean, doesn't do anything unless you, like, attack. Right. Right, odds maker doesn't do anything unless you attack. So you're right. like kind of slippery bogle doesn't do anything. <laughs> uh, so, uh, like, and then the 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 blue black commander, like it actually like, right, it did a little bit. No, it really well, didn't do anything it, unless it, you attack. It, it, yeah, it incentivized you to attack because you got the initiative and then somebody wanted the initiative and took it and you had to get it back. Yeah, I wonder if I wonder if, you know, that was a thing they were like trying to do like especially Maybe. like cuz he's cuz all the candidates we're talking about are for Commander Legends, right? Uh like, yeah, mine were from the first Commander Legends. Uh Ezra Ozmaker I think was from Battle Bond, okay. which I guess is kind of like a precursor to Commander Legends, but and uh, gut is from the commander, the most recent Commander Legends. Yep. Uh, so I wonder if they were like, we need to make these limited games not take like an hour and a half. Probably. So yeah. we need to like make commanders. It's kind of like when we look at a limited format, mm-hmm. like uh, think about like Streets of New Capenna. Um, 
all the cards that have blitz on them yep. have no text unless you attack with them, basically. Right. Or, like, if you go way back, uh, was it Amonkhet had Exert? Yeah, it was Amonkhet. Yep. Uh, no, it was yeah, Our. Was it Our? Glorybringer was, was no, no, Glorybringer was in... Was oh, in maybe you're right. Amonkhet, yeah, maybe you're right. Right, like, those cards didn't have any text Yeah. unless you, like, attacked with them. Right, yeah. it was, like, was it Gustwalker? Was mm-hmm. it 2 mana 2-2? Two, two, unless mm-hmm. you attacked with it. So it really like, like so when you get those keywords that that focus on attacking, right? That's that's one of the ways I try to shortcut to figure out if a, a limited format is going to be aggressive. Mm-hmm. Is like, hey, like are or one of the do one of the two of the keywords don't do anything unless you attack, right? And it's like, oh, like now, new Capenna being a three color set, I didn't think like, oh, that's going to totally like be aggressive i was like oh three colors it'll be slow but like blitz doesn't do anything unless you're like beating face yep so shortcut for for things so like if all your if all of your uncommon commanders are all like for me to do anything beat face Mm -hmm. then your format gets aggressive because you have to attack yeah so, so what'd you think about spell table that was your first time using spell table too right i was impressed i thought it was going to be like a program the fact that it was just like a web app mm-hmm. the fact that like you could just like you know when i went onto the site there were just random edh games looking for people mm-hmm. there were a handful of like modern games looking to happen mm-hmm. but um i did think that like this could be you know we're gonna spring something on you now a way that we could like dust off like legacy cards and mm-hmm. like record legacy games mm-hmm. right because like to give like the the novelty of like actually like v- having the cards. Yeah, I think that was. I kind of had some issues with spell table. Mm-hmm. Not that like I think there's anything wrong with the program, but I think trying to familiarize yourself with a format that you're not familiar with via spell table is very difficult. Yeah, because we've kind of been trained over the last couple of years um, playing digitally that you just can like mouse over a card and see what the card does. And that's not, I think there's a way to do it. Cause I think somehow like my screen got backdoored into doing it, but I couldn't figure it out so, for anybody else. And it like just pissed me off when I was on my screen. Um, so I don't know what yours was doing, but there yeah. was like a little bar along the right hand side of the screen and yeah. I could go over any card and click on it. Mm-hmm. And about 80% of the time it brought up that card. Oh, okay. And let me read in, in like a window, and it kept track of all the cards I looked at previously. Okay. Now, your camera you had talked about was being a little wonky. Yeah, so it, it was, and it, it cut out twice. It didn't work on your cards for me. Okay. Uh, or every so often it did, uh, yeah. but like because your your video was a little sketch, yeah. It could, I don't think you could see the cards well enough, but I could do it on Brad's. But like I went through, I went through like fifteen minutes where it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it worked all right. Where you could like click on the card, and it would like okay. bring up a picture of the card. Yeah, I well, mean, I mean that would be nice. I, I wish, I wish that had worked. Um, and then, like you said, with my uh, my video being wonky, that was an issue also because I couldn't really tell 
I was very fixated on why isn't my video working now because it looked great when I tested it out. And like that kind of distracted me a little bit, but also like it was hard to see other, like it wasn't just my cards. It was hard to see the other cards mm -hmm. because you're like, you know, you're on a four people on a little, little monitor. And yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like if you were super committed to playing spell table all the time, I mm -hmm. am sure that you can get a camera that makes it oh, look yeah. like amazing. It's yeah. just then a limit of what kind of video spell table can handle. Cause like right. my brother does D and D mm -hmm. and he's the DM and he does it all remotely. Mm -hmm. And like, he has like a DSLR 4k yeah. camera. Well, I mean, I, I was using a GoPro, but maybe that's the issue. Maybe spell table couldn't handle the video from my GoPro. Yeah. Maybe it was and compressing it came out like garbage. Yeah. yeah maybe know. it was just like, I don't know what to do. Cause like, I'm, I was just using my like, little Logitech and it mm -hmm. worked fine. Yeah. So, but like I was impressed with how well spell table worked. And it seems like if you just wandered in to get a game, mm -hmm. if you just like, were like, I want to play some commander. Like you could get commander games on spell table. I yeah. don't know if you get any other games, <laughs> but like, it seems like you could get. So like right now, I guess I have I have spell table up at another tab here. Right mm -hmm. now there is uh one uh two three four there of the twelve that are up right now, mm -hmm. eleven of them are um uh what's it called? Eleven of them are well, on page one, eleven of them are commander, one is modern. Yeah. On page two it is all commander. So, so like if you want to command, yeah, there are just commander games all as over the place. Yeah. So I think that you can definitely like get a commander game, mm -hmm. but like I'm sure Wizards has this data. Oh yeah. Right, and they're like, oh, people are just playing commander. Also, the I didn't mention it on stream. I thought about it, but the greatest indignity is when you die and you click the like no longer in the game button they hit you with an ad oh really yeah i was like what the like it's not bad enough that i lost you're like hey shop amazon shop a uh, secret layer <laughs> and i'm just like no no just let me let me sit here and wallow don't like try it was yeah it was Trying like to tell you, you need better cards where to buy your local store amazon secret layer yeah just like no no, don't don't do that to me. I'm good. Yeah. So the format seemed interesting. Like I yeah. would do it again. I would definitely like go seek out a uh commander printed in the last two years. <laughs> not not a slippery boy? No, no, or I would have to like build like a real slippery boy deck, but Yeah. No. Only pants. Like maybe I'll just keep this together. I can dust it off and just be like, as they print new auras, just like yeah. slide them in, <laughs> slide them in. Like oh hey, this aura seems untested, right in the deck. <laughs> there you go, buddy. All right. Speaking of untested. Speaking of untested. Let's talk about uh, the state of design from 2022. Um, yeah. 
we have all the points from the entire article. We may go through some of them, or we may skip some of them, but we'll give you uh, kind of the big takeaways. Yeah, um, I started going through and making notes and then kind of ran out of time, so I didn't get through the whole article in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you want to just go through the article or if you want to go through some of my points and then go back to the article. or Whichever, I have the article up. All right, well, let's just go through the article then. All right, so he breaks it down into like five sections. One is like the year as a whole. Yep. And then he has a section for each of the uh, of the sets. Individual sets, yeah. Right. So I think the one we have to go over kind of in depth is I think the overall magic design, right? Like mm-hmm. as yeah. opposed to getting hung up on different things. And so uh, the, the first highlight is we <laughs> push the boundaries of what magic can do. Yeah, so like the way he writes these articles, uh, he doesn't call them pros and cons, or he doesn't really give like negative connotations to anything really. Um, they're highlights and lessons. Mm-hmm. So the highlights are what they did right, and the lessons are not necessarily what they did wrong, but what they learned from doing something wrong. Things so, they may want to improve on in the future. Yeah. So the first thing they have as a highlight is that uh, they pushed the boundaries of what magic can do. Boy, did they. So, like, I the first time I read this, I was like, oh, like, secret layers, like, throwing Fortnite on a card stuff. Yep. And then there's also, like, the alchemy things, mm-hmm. right? Just the random re-di- uh, redesign for digital things, yep. which, you know... Uh, the third thing goes kind of against this, but like they, uh, like a lot of people hated that stuff. Yes. We pushed the bounds of what magic can do. And a lot of people hated it. Yeah. I mean, if you think about like pushing boundaries, what's like the biggest thing, not necessarily from this past year, but what's the biggest thing that like jumps to your front of your mind? Like, in magic or just in general? Well, recent design. I mean, alchemy? Uh, I was going to say companions. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, that's the most egregious push of what, like, magic can do, and it basically broke the game. Yes. Likely to never recover. <laughs> Likely. So, yeah, they're pushing things. Uh, I don't know... Yeah. Maybe hold off on pushing things a little bit. It, like your track I, record doesn't seem so great. Yeah, like I know it's like old man yelling at trees, boomer magic kind of or yelling at clouds, boomer magic kind of thing. But like a lot of these boundaries that you pushed, yeah. I think that if you look back on them in like five years, it's like oh, and that's where the game broke. Like. Yep. We're getting yep. to the that boundary po- right there was the little boy holding his finger in the dam. Yeah, like we're getting to the point. Um, you know, like Yu Gi Oh had to like keep increasing your starting life total mm-hmm. because they just kept power creeping the creatures, yeah. and like all the creatures could like one shot you. So they're mm-hmm. like, okay, we got to increase the starting life total. Like at some point, it's gonna have to be like, whoo, man, maybe we should start at thirty. <laughs> in a regular game because like these one mana four threes are just like well, i mean you start at 40 now right 
I guess. I guess if you want to talk about I mean, that's what they're that way. designing cards for. Right. Another highlight is we experimented with how to properly readjust the color pie. Well, I mean, like part of this is a highlight, though. Part of it is. Part of it. Eh. Look, I mean, white needed like a, a reboot. It was like not just for Commander. Like white was not great in general. Yeah. I I don't know. It seems like they went. I don't know if it's just because it was two. It's been two years of like put like one borderline eternal white staple in every set. Yeah. That you're that it just feels like white's been like over the top. And it might just be because we just keep like jamming the same like mm-hmm. hey, we went from uh what's it called? Uh Skyclave Apparition into uh Redane. Well, Redane go Skyclave Apparition and um the stupid two three that doesn't make so you can only cast one spell a turn. Yep. And then the next set was, um, was it Keldheim next? Mm-hmm. Which gave us um, Redain. Yep. Uh, oh, and Luminarch Aspirant was in Battle for Zendikar, in, in yep. Zendikar right? Yep, sure was. Into uh, Apollo in yep. Strixhaven. Uh, what was the set after Strixhaven? AFR. Yeah, there was no good cards in that. Yeah, uh, deadly dispute. <laughs> deadly dispute, exactly. It's, it's the packs you can get deadly dispute in, and then things that you don't think about again. Right. Um, Flump was supposed to be the white card <laughs> from that. Um, yeah. And then, right, we go into the two Innistrad sets. The two Innistrad sets, and you get Brutal Cathar yep. and Thalia. And Welcoming Vampire. And I Welcoming think is... Vampire. Right? Like, so just like every set, it was just like, hey, would you like yeah. a three mana busted white card? Yeah. Pick one. And here's a couple two drops to just hold it. Oh, and uh, whatever the the mythic was, the like kicker mythic cycle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Intrepid uh, adversary. adversary. Yeah. Right? And so it was just like, hey, would you would you like a thing? It's like, yeah, fine, I guess I'll take a thing. But, yeah, I, I see, like, the the issue with, like, saying white was the worst color in Commander, so we had to make it not the worst color, is the, like, issue with now red's the worst color in Commander. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there has to be a worse color, right? Right. So not all colors are equal. In like a year and a half when everyone's like, oh my God, red's so bad. Right? And they start like trying to fix red. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's just going to cause more problems. Like, yeah. I know people weren't happy. Again, I, I don't get this. My identity is tied to this Mirage Zebra Plains. <laughs> And I have to be able to play this Mirage Zebra Planes to express myself in Commander. Yeah. Okay. But then I always lose. Okay, so what's more important to you? Expressing yourself or winning? And they're like, yes. I need both. I need both. I need my Zebra Planes, and I need to not get clowned every game. 
and they're like, okay, fine. Here's Mangara, uh, the new Mangara, and here's this, and here's that. Are your games slightly better now? I am no longer getting clowned by everyone. Yeah. Are you happy? I guess. <laughs> For now. For now. Can I have a free white counter spell? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> Incoming. Incoming. Wait until Modern Horizons 3 Lord of the Rings edition. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, It'll be a pitch elemental that's shadow facts. <laughs> There's... um. And he said that they were also working on the other colors, color identities. Um, but that was kind of like less out in the open. I think the yeah. biggest thing there is the fact that black can get rid of enchantments now. As yeah, like a, I mean, its hands are super tied like in doing so, but yes. Yeah, I mean... Um, the, but, I mean, they also like bent the hell out of the color pie. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't just redistribute things. I think, you know, we've talked about it on the show a couple times, and there was, like, a big hubbub on Twitter, I don't know, over the weekend or last week sometime, about treasures. Um, Like, treasures just... Annihilate the color, color pie? Yeah, like, doesn't matter anymore. I mean, like, it lets every color do everything. That was something that I talked about in the pre-show today, was yeah. just, like, uh, like the red-black... Uh, mid-range deck in Explorer slash like Pioneer the -hmm. fact that like you'll like play a game and they have like four treasures and they just have a turn where they like have 15 mana yeah and you're like that's not red black you're not allowed to do that they go one two three six yeah like that's not what you're supposed to do but because they put you know reasonable treasure cards like, it only takes a few, right? Deadly Dispute mm-hmm. and uh, Fabled the Mirror Breaker. Right now you have these, like, and uh, Shambling Ghast. Yeah. To a lesser extent. You have these decks that are just like, yeah, you know, I'm going to have, you know, five mana on turn three in white-black, which we mm-hmm. saw happen over and over and over again in Standard. Right. And, like, I have a feeling that, like, if you hit them with some, like, true serum, you would get the, like, uh, remember what Paul Chion said about Arboreal Grazer? Uh, no, what did he say? He was just like, huh, yeah, we never thought this card would be constructed playable. And it oh. was, like, the glue that held together, like, all the blue-green decks. Like, I well, need I mean, to get an turn two. Playable. It's, like, eternal playable. Do, yeah, it's playable. Do you know how much a foil Arboreal Grazer pl- Aren't they, like, eight worth? bucks or ten bucks or something? They're twenty something. Dear God. Yeah. Right. But like, I I think if you like gave them some like true serum, they would be like, yeah, we didn't see like shambling ghast into deadly dispute, uh, half five mana on turn three as like a play pattern that would happen. And it's like, right. you, like that was the only play pattern that happened in decks yeah. that had swamps They're in them. Commons. <laughs> yeah, that was the only play pattern. It's like. Yeah. Okay, neat. But I think that, yeah. like, with, like, treasures and, you know, the... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Saffron Olive always talks about um, Unholy Heat. Yeah. And how, like, Unholy Heat is just a one-mana terminate. Right, it's just one-mana kill something. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, we probably shouldn't have one-mana terminate. Right. In red, like, that's not what red's supposed to do. Like, when your opponent resolves a Primeval Titan... 
you're supposed to not have a clean answer if you have mountains in your deck. <laughs> yeah, for one mana. Yeah. I mean, I guess terminate is the cleanest answer for with mountains in your deck, but like that's not supposed to be a thing. Right. Right, you're supposed to you're supposed to be like, "Oh man, I guess I'm going to lightning bolt it and then sack this thing to deal a damage to it and then shock it and Okay, that we got there. It took Hopefully me three cards. Gone. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Or like, I'm gonna have to go to my turn and use two sorceries. And, uh, bolt, snap, bolt. Yeah, and not just be like, huh? Six it. So, yeah. like that was uh, so like throughout the like the year, there's definitely been like a smearing of the like everything every color can do everything yeah right because like i guess black now is the only color that can't get rid of an artifact for now for now red's the only color that can't get rid of an enchantment for now for now yeah right uh like white draws cards and like again like oh pay one or if you don't pay one it's like you're drawing cards. Yeah. I mean, blue is not supposed to be able to kill creatures, but now it turns them into, like, uh, exiles them or makes them zero ones or whatever. Yeah, like, you know, uh, whatever, witness witness protection. Yeah. It's like, you effectively killed my creature. Yeah, yeah, you effectively killed my creature. Let's stop with the, like, you didn't kill my creature thing. Right. And then uh, this last one, uh, we had... Adopted, we adapted our design to the feedback of our customers. Yeah, the way he writes this, it sounds like it's something that's in progress. So I don't know how you can include it under like the previous year's mm -hmm. um, highlights. Um, I, and unless they mean they're adopting to like all commander all the time, I don't understand how you reading it. I think it is all commander all the time. Yeah. Because, like, what is the thing we've talked about the last, like, two years, right? Is all the cards that were like, huh, that's clearly a commander plant, mm -hmm. right? Are just like, oh, no, no, that card's busted in standard. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, hey, this, like, four color Omnath is going to be really hard to cast. Oh, no, it's not. It's just busted in, like, every format it's legal in. Right. Neat. Uh, yeah. And so, like, I feel like there's a bunch of, like, there's been a bunch of focus on giving cards to commander players, right? Or conversely, putting cards in packs that commander players want to open packs for. Right. Right. And in doing that, I think that on one hand, maybe there are people that are super hype, but I think we've talked about like commander players being like, can you just stop designing for our format? Yeah. Right, and then I think that you have a bunch of like constructed players that are like, "Hey, can every card not be a three for one? Mm -hmm. Like, can we can we stop?" I just want to play mid range again. Yeah, like I, I want to play a fleece main lion into a corsair of crew fix, and like either not be dead or buried. Mm -hmm. Like, could could you imagine taking like Obzon mid range and playing against <laughs> any deck in standard right now? Just taking nope. the cons of Tarkir. I've got fetch lands, baby. Let's go. Fetch lands and, oh, it's so quaint. 
uh, the Scrylands. Yeah. The Pharaoh like, Scrylands. Scryland into Scryland, and it's like, oh man, like, am I getting attacked for eight right now? Yeah, yeah. or like, is my opponent, like, got a Planeswalker on board? Oh. Mm-hmm. But I know what my, the bottom two cards of my deck are. We did it. <laughs> Good job. Good job. Unless you shuffle them back in with a fetch. So now we're going to move on to uh, some of the lessons learned. All right. Um, The first one says they need to be more conscious about backwards compatibility. Mm. When I read this, I was like, yes, you know, we've been saying this for years. uh, Years. Yeah. You need to be testing formats like legacy and modern. And uh, no, I don't think that's at all what they mean. No. So I think much like the last, uh, the last uh, highlight of like, yeah. hey, we've like revamped our design to focus on how our players play. Cough, cough, commander. Right. I think that this is um, basically the point of it is like, hey, you know, people play cards printed today with cards printed ten years ago. We should try to not make anything that's too egregious. And um, so far, uh, the, the, it doesn't seem like they've looked for that. I mean, they they missed egregious things from like two years ago, three years ago. Nexus like, of Fate, Grease Fang, and Parhelion. Yeah. Right. Um. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Synergies, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, like the because I look at it as like, you know, things like Thassa's Oracle, mm-hmm. like. They even admitted in, like, one of the design things, like, yeah, it didn't seem cool enough, so we slapped the, like, win the game text on it. Right. No one thought anything about it. It's like, <laughs> oh, so you just, like, made, like, a, like, an uninteractable uh, win condition for, like, every combo deck in Legacy? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I guess, hmm, I guess we did, huh? Oopsie. Yeah. Right? Sorry. And, so I think there are, you know, as our focus is on like, hey, can we like stop printing like the absolute best version of fill in the blank card that now has to go as like a four of in every legacy deck? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they're running into that problem with commander, right? Yeah. Right. Like every commander precon now, right, is has the absolute best version of that commander. Right. That has ever been printed. Right? You're yeah, like, they're pushing nope. other commanders out of the format, basically. Mm-hmm. Again, like, my uh, my identity is tied to Tatiova. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yo, you want a better Tatiova? Yeah. You AC now. Yeah, you AC now, my dog. Just <laughs> slow, slow Tatiova in the 99. Right? That's right. And so there's a lot of... I think there's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Where, like... Every time they print a new thing, it's just like, oh, hey, this pushes this other card out. Or there's just like some egregious interaction that is on yeah. Reddit like five minutes after it's spoiled. <laughs> and, you're, yeah. and, and you're just like, but, but, but how did we not see this? Mm-hmm. And they're just like, ah. and like, did you look? Now, Brian Gottlieb was on... Um, uh, not design, but like at the very back end of Kamigawa design. Okay. Right. Basically, they gave him the file before it went to like the printers, 
mm-hmm. and like him and some other people, they were like, so anything like horrible in here? And he had like a couple comments. He's like, yeah, I think I found the grease thing. Parhelion interaction, but like I didn't think it would be like an entire like format defining deck. Yeah. And it's like I don't know, like thirteen power on turn three. Seems pretty decent. Seems pretty decent. Yeah. Um so yeah, like they've needed to be cognizant of backwards compatibility for years. Yeah. But since we're of the spark, there's multiple modern and legacy staples in every set now. Yeah. Um, It does say in this little blurb here that this is probably the current force most likely to change the immediate future of design, though. So maybe in two years when we see the uh, implications of this, it'll be toned back a little bit. I think it's hard, though, because you just get in a situation where, like, if you're not printing the, like, you know, power creep happens because you need people to open packs. Right. So, like, if you're not printing the, like, absolute best version of fill-in-the-blank, right, fill-in-the-blank commander or, like, you know, oh, man, uh, we need a better blue one-drop because Delver's not getting played anymore. Mm-hmm. So then you've got to print, like, the best Delver in history. Yeah. Right, which I guess would be color-shifted. Well, Color shifted to Dragon Race right. Shuttler. <laughs> right. But like, oh man, uh, we need a we need a better heritage druid. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna we're we're gonna it's it's gonna tap for three mana if you control three other elves. Mm-hmm. Or two other elves. Oh, okay. So the other elves don't tap. Oh no, you can attack with them still. Hmm. Or tap them for mana. Yeah. Neat. That that seems broken. Right, yeah. so like, I feel like while they are worried about that, like there's also like someone over the back of their shoulder just going like, take a mana off of it, just just well, remove it, one mana. Like there's there's two sides to this though, because one side is you solve the problem of power creep, right, and that's what we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. The other side is that you solve the problem with design space. Like if you're if you need to get people to open packs, one way to do it is to make the cards that they have not as good as the cards they're opening. The other way to do it is to design cards that aren't anything like what they're opening, like do completely different things. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of doing that too with all this weird, um, like the digital only cards and the spellbook cards and the sticker cards and like the, they're kind of approaching it from both sides. Yeah, but power- I mean. They're also like designing wild out there companions and you know the most most complex mechanics we've ever seen and speaking of complexity yeah how about how about complexity they, they're like man we need to be careful with complexity now it yeah. was a, it was you a joke that theros was the wordiest set of all time yeah and that was two years ago yeah, and like beer. i feel like there's probably two or three sets that are wordier than Theros Beyond Death. Um, I'm pretty sure Kamigawa and Streets were both wordier than Theros. And Strixhaven was really worried, uh, worried oh, because, yeah, of, yeah. because of the Deans. Yeah, the Deans were like, it wasn't just like a flip card that was like one one, and then like right. reveal the top, look at the top card of your library. You may reveal oh, no. it. 
Wall right? of text, both yeah. sides. And then the backside was flying. Yeah. Right? No, it was like, hey, I'm a full and complete mythic. Flip mm-hmm. me over. I am another full and complete mythic. Why are you at rare? Uh. Right. Yeah, why not? Why not? So he said that since we're moving toward eternal world, we've upped the amount of complexity we're allowing uh, in each set, right? So like thinking about eternal world, right? Commander, the mm-hmm. cards have to be juiced and be doing right. neat things, right? And that, that leads to complexity. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to just make things for complexity's sake. Yeah. But I feel like it's been 30 years and we're like kind of up at that point of like. All the low hanging fruits gone. Yeah. There's only so much yeah. stuff that you can do uh, on a magic card yeah. the way that like magic cards were 10 years ago. Yeah, I mean, like, this kind of goes hand-in-hand with complexity, and it's something that uh, they bring up in a different section here. But think about um, all of the... I think we joked about uh, gameobjects.deck. Think about all the game objects that we've gotten. So Um, many. Blood, food, treasures, whatever. Um, But they're all... Like, those are all new designs. Like, none of that stuff existed before. I I guess clue tokens were the first. Yeah, um, I mean, you could argue energy was just like a uh, a game object you like tracked on paper. Yeah, like, it was another clues resource. Were before energy though. Hmm. Clues were before energy though. They were. Yeah, shadows was before Kaladesh. Mm, was it? Yeah. Because I thought we. Oh, I guess. Ulamog and Emrakul were in the same standard. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. But yeah, I guess clue tokens were first. But now, yeah. like, you know, everything makes a token. Right. right. Again, like playing against that red-black uh, aggro deck or a mid-range deck or really control deck, right? The yeah, whatever you're explorer, call it. right? Whatever you're going to call it. Right. At one point I was like, I don't know how I don't know what this pile of tokens that they have on their uh, screen on the screen right now is like, Mm -hmm. I can't click on it to like, see, like, is it treasures? Is it uh, blood? Like, I don't know. Like, maybe they have 12 mana. Maybe they only have two. Like, I don't know. Right. So there's that. And uh, and just like, again, the wordiness of cards and like. Yeah. Like, if the first set you ever played was Kamigawa, Neon Dynasty, like, there was so much going on in that set mm-hmm. that you're just like, I, like, I think it'd be easy to lose people. Yeah. And just be like, okay, especially if they were playing it in paper mm-hmm. and you have, like, arena to hold your hand. I mean, that's a whole nother thing, though, is, like, a lot of these mechanics, it's like they never intended them to be even played in paper. No, I don't think so. Like, there's tracking issues with all of them, and we're going to talk about some of that in a minute, too, with, like, day-night, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, like, not it's not a huge thing, but um, I can't imagine playing with Ledger Shredder in paper. Right. How many times would you miss the trigger when your opponent casts two spells? Uh, about every time. 
let's say about a hundred percent. Maybe if I was really yeah. locked in, like ninety five percent. Yeah. Right, because like there is some part. Oh, of I'd me probably that... miss it. Like if I did it during mm-hmm. my opponent's turn, I would probably miss the trigger. Yeah, but like your opponent's like, you know, opt uh, expressive iteration. I'd be like, cool. Yep. And then like five minutes later, crap! I was supposed to like get a loot out of that. Yeah. And like stuff like that, where it's like that is like. It's almost like Mishra's bubble, right? Where they don't mm-hmm. do delayed triggers anymore. Right. It's like, hey, we're going to trigger this off of stuff you're not doing. Yeah. Why? Well, the computer gets it. That's cool, but, like, you print them in paper. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a nightmare to track. Yeah, this and is eternal fine. playable. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the last one. The last one's just funny. So yeah. the last lesson is we need to be more uh, conscious of how we talk about our products. So you don't say. Yeah. Uh these are two lessons they learned later on. But one, don't talk about double feature as a curated draft environment. And then as he puts it, um, where was it at? Uh and we're upset that it wasn't a crafted draft experience rather than just two sets thrown together. Yeah. His words. <laughs> and that's what it together. was. It's like, hey, yeah. how can I separate people from their cash without doing anything? Right. Right? Black um, and white. Yeah. Put a filter and, on them. And the Put other, them in a pack. The other example was uh, Commander Legends. Yeah. Saying that Commander Legends maybe should have been called, like, AFR2. AFR2. Yeah. Because, like, it did not feel like a Commander product. It felt like a D&D product. So do you think that that was more a problem with Commander Legends 2 or Commander Legends 1? Because I think like Commander Legends 1 definitely set an expectation, and maybe that wasn't the expectation that they were trying to set. Well, I think if, if you have a product called Commander Legends, and then you have a, another product called Commander Legends 2, mm-hmm. I feel like you're kind of obligated to have Commander Legends 2 be similar to Commander Legends 1, right? It'd be like if you showed up to, like, Caddyshack 2 and you got to watch the you got to watch Ghostbusters. You were like... Right, but I, I think, like, my point is more... Is it that they missed with Commander Legends 1 and Commander Legends 2 was what it was supposed to be all along? Oh, I think the opposite. I think that Commander Legends 1 is what they wanted. And yeah. then for Commander Legends 2... They were trying to shoehorn it into the D and D IP. Yeah. And they couldn't figure out how to put it in the D and D IP while also getting magic stuff in there. Yeah. So they know. were like the only thing I was thinking is if it's if all Commander Legends is supposed to be is draftable commander, which I mm-hmm. think like technically is what it's supposed to be. Um they could have missed with Commander Legends one and oh, just made every card a ringer where it was supposed to be, no, 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 this is only supposed to be, like, draftable Commander. And then Commander Legends 2 is basically only draftable Commander with no ringers. Yeah. And, like, that's what it was supposed to be. You know I, what I mean? I see what you say, are saying. Um, and you might be right. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, too, where, but like, you know, you, you, you they say- made an expectation and then failed miserably. Yes. I mean, it'd be like if you went and bought, like... uh you know, modern, uh, modern masters too. Mm-hmm. And they 
or Modern Masters 3, and they didn't print Time Lord Wayfit Mythic. Right. And be like, no, 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 you, you do this every time. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> literally but, every time. Yes. Like, they, there was definitely a, an expectation of here are, here's what a modern master set is. Yeah. Right. And then if they were just like, you know what? We thought we'd make a killer draft environment, but do like no reprints that you guys want. Yeah. Right. And then people would be like, no, 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 no. We, we do reprints in this set that people want. Right. It's and both. Like, it's both. Things. It's both. It's both. And like they could have done like good draft environment and put mana drain in it. Yeah. And put dockside extortionist in it. Right. Right. They could have done that, but instead they moved, I don't know if Banner Dream was one of them, but they moved those cards to Double Masters. Yeah. And so people were like, more for a pack. yeah, but people were like, hey, like the commander focused reprint should have been over here. So mm-hmm. like, I think that if they would have come right out and been like, hey, like, the set for command. This isn't the set for commander reprints. This is the set for you to like go have like a really strong draft environment, and yeah. draft. But like you know, cynical like business person, right? You can't have that conversation, right? Because right, you need every like commander nerd to go buy a box, or right? two, or two, or a case, yeah. because hey, this is what I'm gonna be able to like. I'll get you to luck into dockside extortionist. Yeah. Right. Or whatever. And so they, you're like, Commander Legends, too. And they're like, awesome. And they went and they like pre ordered it before the full spoiler was out. And then they were like, oh no. Yeah. Mistakes were made. I'm in too deep. So this is, this is good that they want to be, I guess, more honest about the products they're going to be. But again, like they're in no world will they be like, hey, uh, Innistrad double feature is gray cards and just the two sets put together with no thought into how they would draft. Like, they would yeah. never say that before the set came out. Right. Right? So, like, oh, it's a unique draft experience. It's like, oh. <laughs> it sure is. It sure is. All right. So, for the rest of this stuff, I don't think we have to hit, like, every no. single point. And I don't think we have to cover all of every point either. Um but they break it down by set. So next is Midnight mm-hmm. Hunt. Um, they said the new mechanics were mostly popular. Yeah. Um, I think Decade was pretty good. I think it was mm-hmm. stronger than most people thought. And it was like a pleasant surprise to discover that. Yeah. And I, I think that's what people liked about the mechanic. Yeah. It's not that like tokens that fall apart are inherently cool. It's that people were surprised at how well it worked. I think it was when everyone realized they forgot to cost the token. Yeah. onto any of the cards. Yeah. They were like, oh. Yep. Amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. And then uh, they mentioned Disturb and Day Night also. Uh, Disturb is whatever. I don't know if I'd necessarily call it popular, but it's it wasn't bad. Yeah, it was fine. And Day Night, uh, like tracking issues aside, is also fine. It's probably probably how it should have been done all along. Probably. Um, again, tracking issues aside, I, I do have a problem with the way it's tracked. But yeah, it's tracked horribly. It's tracked yeah. horribly in paper. But again, they were just like the computer will do it. Yeah. Um, 
But I don't know. It's still werewolves have that problem of like, hey, I'm a little behind. I missed a land drop, and it's just like, oh, you did, huh? Oh yeah. Now, now you did. It's like, That's oh, right. oh, this game could have gone on for like four more turns. No, no, can't. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. It's got to end now because you missed your land drop and you didn't cast a spell. Yeah. Oh, well, that's that's not fun. Um, I think, like, some of this next up, I think we can skip. Yeah. Um, I did want to talk about the very last thing is that they said the new land cycle was exciting. Um, I agree. I think the new land cycle was great. Yeah, I think it was good. I mean, it's it's in that weird spot of, like, is this playable? And, like, it's playable in certain kinds of decks. Mm-hmm. Which I think is the perfect spot for a land yeah. cycle. Yeah. I don't think a land cycle should be instant staple in every format, every archetype. Agreed. Um, um, so I, th- I agreed. I thought that was good. I, I do like that they realized that uh, in the set that's, like, about werewolves, you need to make the werewolf archetype not terrible. Ironically, they had the same problem with the vampire archetype in the vampire set. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, Vampires was a little bit better than the Werewolves were, but it wasn't really a Vampire set. Yeah, it felt like the Werewolves and the Vampire set were significantly stronger. Yeah. Um, Weird. Yeah. Uh, then we have, again, like you talked about, like, Day Night is not compatible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was, uh, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is going to come up a few times, right? Like. Yeah. The colors weren't of equal power level in limited formats, especially draft. Like, basically, this draft was draft Esper and win. Mm-hmm. Draft yeah. not Esper and lose. And I think this is what, like, did the most damage to this format being remembered kind of lackluster, is that this limited environment was just awful. Yeah. Like, I liked the decks, but what happened was is that everyone in the know... Mm-hmm. just drafted every Esper card that, that wasn't nailed down. Mm-hmm. And, like, you could have two or three people drafting Esper and still have reasonable decks. And I think that's the biggest problem, is that that archetype was so deep that, like you said, yeah. you could have multiple people drafting the same archetype and they would still be hands down better than every other deck of the table. Yeah. All right, on to Crimson Vow. On to um, Crimson Vow. So... They said that people liked having the mechanical overlap between sets. It's like, huh, I wonder. Almost oh, because like it's like, a two-step block, right? Yeah, because like that's how it was for years and years and years and years. People were like, yeah. oh, it's it's nice that we're on the same plane for more than one second. And yeah. like things kind of sort of work together, at least have the same names. Right? I mean, they were close enough where you could just smash the two sets together and draft it, right? Sure, sure. <laughs> um, and then people liked blood, and yeah. uh, I just R and D has been designing more artifact tokens of light and blood tokens of latest say. edition. Like, there is a problem with like game objects, just the sheer number of game objects that get like created in a game of Magic now. But yeah, like blood is a, is a very good limited mechanic. Mm-hmm. And, but the problem is that it's like right at that level where it's like maybe too good because it like carries over to constructed so well. I mean, there's only two cards that make blood tokens that really get played. 
Mm. But like, I think we've all like gone Valdoran Epicure into like two turns from now, sack my blood token to turn on my uh, fatal push. Yeah. And kill your four drop. And it's like, oh, like yeah. playing a de- playing like Esper and not having ways to turn on my fatal pushes like mm-hmm. was super noticeable. Yeah. I I actually really liked blood. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a great mechanic. I was happy with the power level. I was I love game objects, so I didn't have a problem with there being more game objects. Um, actually, my like biggest complaint with blood is that it's thematically tied specifically to van- vampires on Innistrad. They talked about which... this on LR that like Did it's they? such a good limited mechanic. Yeah. It'd be nice if they reworked it for another set so maybe not like evergreen but deciduous or whatever yeah yeah like it was like i don't know ethereum cells which we've already had we we burnt that name but whatever right just because it smooths out limited games so well Mm -hmm. but like you know you have the like the food issue Mm -hmm. right like let's say they decided that they were gonna like make a food sent a blood centric modern horizons Mm-hmm. Right, and then like it's like, oh man, like Urza's too good with us making all these blood tokens. Yeah, right. It's this weird thing, right, where since they are like they need to be a game object, they need to be a thing, mm-hmm. right? But then they have value beyond the thing that the they're thing that they are. Yeah, that they are. It's like, oh, like I can tap these for mana in the right deck, right? right. There's something on the board that I can sack to a Corvald. Yeah. Right. It, like you just get these. Like, on one hand, it's neat to discover those synergies, but then you run the risk of, and I don't think Blood's here yet, of it just like being oppressive. Like, right. Remember the remember the glory days of Gilded Goose being modern playable because it like made an artifact yep. game object. Yep. Right. And like it's like oh that's probably a problem. Hmm. Um. I don't care about the other. Did you think the yeah. wedding theme was fun? I, I didn't care. No, I mean I knew that like there was a wedding happening in the story, but I didn't care yeah. about there being a wedding. Um, like that training, cleave, and exploit uh, were more miss than hit. Got that right? Yeah, I, exploit is a fine mechanic. Like I'm fine with it. I was excited that it came back. I was like, oh, I like this. Oh, that's true. None of the um, card- I actually liked exploit the first time around. Yeah, none of the I think was it none of the cards did the thing well. Yeah. Right, like the is the best exploit card the four mana Well, I guess it's Fell Stinger, the three mana sack a creature uh draw two. Mm-hmm. Lusu. And then the like uh whatever the scab is. Yeah, the, the scab was good. The three in a blue exploit get a get a spell back yeah but like cleave was like a meme yeah we need eight cards we need a mechanic to fill out eight cards yeah and like they just gave it to the intern and he yeah, was like brackets. dude brackets did the, you? the intern was uh learning how to make youtube videos and he learned that brackets are what drive the algorithm so he put brackets on all the cards he's like i found these two keys beside my p look at this <laughs> so cool i gotta figure out how to incorporate this into the game yeah 
Uh, I like this. And vampires needed to be better. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like I don't remember playing vampires. Well, part of the problem was like in the first set, um, Disturbed was just like all your cards were a two for one. Mm-hmm. And in the second set, Disturbed, all your cards were kind of a two for one. Yeah. And it's like, well, I'm going to take the two for ones. Right. Uh, but like, I don't think that the vampires need to be better from a like constructed point of view. Like these are limited issues. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of a lot of the things for both of these sets were limited issues. M- more so, more so limited than constructed. I think, like the wedding theme, I don't think anybody cared about for constructed. Um, I mean, blood has certainly shown up in constructed, but I think yeah. like the vast majority of both of these sets, most of the concerns were for limited. Um, Kamigawa. Uh, it was a good set. Yeah. It was a good set. Yep. Um, I don't know who's like talking, like responding to things, being like, you know, I really like the the themes of uh, of traditional Japanese culture uh, juxtaposed with the, the the modern world. Like, no, I don't. Apparently, they're like going deep in some like things because like who's like talking about that? Um, uh, I mean, this this is something that I have heard from people okay i mean it might not be something that i particularly care about but it is something i've heard from players and okay like i don't i don't want to rain on someone's parade like they can if they think that's cool yeah they think it's cool but i i I don't know it just does not resonate with me how about that yeah throwback references sure i didn't play during original kamigawa so that didn't really resonate with me either like really i only knew like kiki jiki and if like fable the mirror breaker was like and azusa fable the mirror breaker was like a C minus. I don't mm-hmm. think we'd like talking lovingly about how it was great to see like a reference to <laughs> Kiki Jiki. Yeah. Um, it was a great limited set. Yes. Yes. I, it was, it's an all timer. Yeah, it was, it was, it was very good. Uh, the mechanics seemed much beloved. I think the mechanics were good. I worry about the sagas. Like, I think the sagas are too good. The sagas from this set, you mean, or yes. sagas like the as saga the from the, the sagas from this set? Yeah, right. Like it's, them flipping into something that sticks around mm, and like it's has kinda, value. It's kind of like um, it's just adventure, right? Mm-hmm. It's ev- adventure on layaway, but you don't have to yeah. pay the mana twice. And I wish I right. would have like come up with that analogy when the set came out. Yeah, but like it is. It's just like I pay three mana for a fabled mirror breaker. I get two things. I pay two. Uh, Mana for Matika, Machika's Reign of Truth. And if somehow your opponent's not dead from taking like 40 <laughs> in yeah. two straight turns, uh, he flips over into a 12 12. Right. And it's like, oh, well, oops. What'd you think about reconfigure? Um, it is. It is fine. Like, I think it's good, mm-hmm. um, but like, I don't know. It's weird. It's fine. Like, it's interesting. It. I'm not one to get super hype about things, and I'm low on sleep. But um, I really like configure or reconfigure. I thought it was a cool way to do a thing. Mm-hmm. 
and also gives like extra utility to equipment that are kind of hard to design. Yeah. Like equipment because, are in this weird spot that like they're either unplayable or broken. Yeah, there's no middle ground. And I think reconfigure is a good way to give equipment middle ground. Um, yeah, like you don't you can have interact to turn the it. knobs as hard to try and like make it playable when like it can just be I don't know, a three three. Yeah. So I thought reconfigure was a cool way to solve that problem. Um I think we can skip the next two. Yep, uh, I think so. Players were sad we were only on Kamigawa uh for one set. So the lesson they learned from Kamigawa was that people like good sets. Yeah. Like hey wild. <laughs> you made a good set. I wish we could have more good sets. Yeah. Um Oh and- wait. We spent two sets on Innistrad and nobody wanted to be there. <laughs> yeah, because he did a bad job with us. Yeah. Um and like people were upset that we didn't they didn't bring back every reference in the original three blocks of Kamigawa. Like, yeah, well, we were th- they were there for a whole year. Yeah. Well, not only that though, like those were I think one of the problems with original Kamigawa is that they were overly complex sets to start with. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I didn't play then, so I don't know firsthand. Yeah. But like looking back, like those those mechanics seem awful fiddly. Yeah, but like if like there's no way you could put arcane or right. like some callbacks to Soul Shift or mm-hmm. you know all of the old dragons, all of the old legends, and like yeah. all of these callbacks to those things in one three hundred card set. Right. When you had 800 cards to do it when you did it the first time. Yeah. Um, I agree. Like, it wasn't clear if it was a creature, an enchantment, or an artifact. Yeah. I can see that. Like, just like a game object, like, what yeah. is what? Yeah. Uh, complexity was a tad high. A tad. The, like, there was a lot going on there. This was a very complex set. All right. Um, uh, Streets of New Capenna. Yeah, I feel like they were really stretching to find good things to say about Streets. Because they were like, it's a three-color set. People like three-color sets. And then they didn't give us what we like about three-color sets. Right. And then the family mechanics were mostly well-liked. Well, that's not... (laughs) Sure, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. There were lots of cool individual designs. I mean, you can say that about like any literally set. any set. Any set, like there were like three really cool cards from the worst set in Magic's history. That doesn't right. over uh, that doesn't override the fact that it's the worst set in Ma- Magic's history. Yeah. Um, like that, and fans enjoyed the look and feel of the plane. Sure. Yeah. There are taxis sure. in Magic now. Yep. Whatever. Uh, uh, somebody described Nuka Pena as um, oh, what'd they say? Ravnica with a bowl with a bowler hat. Bowler hat Ravnica. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Ch- I, I mean, winders. It, it, yeah. <laughs> it just seems like every, everything they put down here as a highlight is like very not specific. To Nuka you could Pena. you could take these highlights and copy and paste them for any other set. Yeah. Other so, than the, other like, than the multicolor, you could just be like, 
boop, boop, yeah. and they'd just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Totally. Um, like that the plane was a little one note and the factions weren't distinct enough. I think you just summed it up with what you just said, where you can take all of the high points of this set and copy-paste them to any other set. Yeah. means, like, exactly that this plane was one note. Yeah, I think that, like, like it's like, what? Where were their cops? Why were there law enforcement? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I don't know. Like, I don't get super deep in the story, but, like, I was just like, all right, like, fine. Like, I'm fine with, like, yeah. what we have going on. Like, like just, like, if you make a movie about, like, the interactions of, like, mob families, maybe the cops are not prominently featured in it because you're doing the interactions yeah. of these, like, families. And so, like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Right? And for, like, the third time, there were issues with draft. And yeah. we talked about this on the show a few times. This is the most egregiously bad draft format they have done in a very long time coming off the heels of one of the best yes um the some of the issues um the biggest for me and i think for everyone Mm -hmm. is when i heard three color set i was like sweet we're drafting like four and five color piles just take all the rares you know jesus take the wheel we'll figure out how to cast these things and it was like Nope, go one, two, three, hasty creature you can't block, or you're not playing the game properly. Right. Or you go like blue, white, flyer, 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 win the game. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, they fire designed themselves into a bad format. Right. Mm-hmm. They missed with a couple commons. Yep. Like, uh, whatever, uh, inspiring overseer. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the like red and black commons, yeah, and too powerful. And by doing that, it was just like, yeah, you don't have like a reasonable format now. Yeah, the uh, the story stuff, like they said, the story wasn't very well explained, and it wasn't. Um, no, I mean, I know that's not really important to you. It's not super important to me, but I could see where people were upset about. Well, like the story I've, not making sense. I found out deep in that like apparently the plane had been destroyed by the Phyrexians yeah. and like New Capenna was built on the like wreckage of the like New Phyrexians and the angels only existed because they were like conjured to fight the Phyrexians or something like that I don't like think that last true the angels sacrificed themselves to provide the demons with the tools needed to kill the Phyrexians, I think. But, like, like that is, especially when you're, like, have been, like, donking us over the head with, like, here come the Phyrexians. And then all of a sudden there's this set that, like, doesn't seem to have this connection to that. Yeah. Now, granted, I haven't watched my uh, uh, Magic Arcanum on this set, but... Mm -hmm. Right, like it just seems like you missed an opportunity to be like, "Hey, we're setting this thing up for real, for yeah. real." Uh, yeah, I mean, there should have been some reference somewhere. And I do like the fact that the tricolored lands should have been called triumphs. Yes, this is more a naming issue than a design one, but I heard it a lot. Yeah, because uh, you Mara called them triumphs and then you didn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you either. 
for like they they either needed to be like whatever the name of the like big dinosaur was, you know, whatever like Bob's ball yard or something <laughs> and then it makes it so you have like xander's lounge it's like oh we were yeah. bob's ball yard now we have xander's lounge but to be like you know something triome and then like whatever the taurus proving ground it's like it could have just been like the yeah. taurus triome right done yep. we did it xander's triome and i know that's not their thing but like it's someone's thing. Right. Would have been easier to reference. Yeah. Now, I can't speak to anything about Commander's Baldur's Gate. I did like um, one midweek magic, and that was it. Oh, I didn't even do that. I played zero Baldur's Gate Limited. Yeah. So, um, that could be a problem for them. That two people that have a podcast and play tons of magic have just 100% ignored that this set exists. Mm -hmm. I have so many gems and so much gold from not participating in any drafts for uh, an entire season. I have so much in-game currency, even after I bought both anthologies with in-game currency. Oh, you did? Ooh. I did. (laughs) I, I mean, I had I had all this gold. What was I gonna do with it? Man, I've got like a hundred thousand gold, and I'm like, no, can't spend it. Nah. Um, it. Like I knew, I thought the um, explorer one was a good deal mm-hmm. because, like, a reasonable portion of those cards I think I will use, and for a way to turn gold directly into those cards, I thought was probably the best bang for the buck. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I was like, eh, I'm getting one. I might as well get both. Yeah. So uh, apparently had flavorful top-down D&D designs. I so know even I less about know D&D about yep. than, than uh, I know about the magic story. Yep. Draft was apparently a lot of fun. That's what they said. I'll take their word for it. Uh, arena draft, eh. Uh Yeah, I mean, I guess like it kind of loses a lot of its luster on arena where you don't you're not actually drafting like a commander pod like and you are. And you're not like drafting the cards as they were designed. That too. Yeah. Uh, right. I guess it should not have been labeled commander legends, which is what we talked about before. Yes. Uh, so basically these are all the same, right? The first three lessons were basically, we should have just said this was a D and D set. Yep. Not tied to commander at all. Yep. And that way people wouldn't have been looking for magic cards or magic references in the set. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know how much of this is something specific for this set and how much this, all of this stuff is something that they're going to struggle with, like incorporating universes beyond going Mm -hmm. forward. Cause like Um, in the Lord of the Rings set, right? right. Like they're not going to have like they've, they've told us outright that it's not modern horizons, but they also like it is modern horizon. It's legal and modern, but like right. they're not gonna have like Urza and Frodo kicking it, right? Yeah. So like, there's not gonna be any magic references, right? And you know, I feel like they maybe communicated that better than they did with Commander Legends, right? Because they could have yeah. been like, 
Because it was like, it's D&D themed. It could have just been like, it's a D&D set full stop. Like, yeah. don't expect anyone you recognize from anywhere else. These yeah. are all new peeps. Right? Um, and there wasn't much mechanical innovation. Oh, there was tons because, like, you know, you had all the cards with the same name with with the same art that did different things on different platforms. So there was yeah. tons of mechanical. There were twice <laughs> as many mechanics. They made up for it in the arena release. Yes, they were like, you know what? Let's yeah. and let's innovate in digital. Yep. So, I don't know. Like, I think I agree with a lot of it. The mm-hmm. thing that worry so a few things, right? I, we had mentioned, I think we might have mentioned before that like they a while back they split it split off a like commander or a casual playtest group. Yeah, and you know it is important to test for commander, which they may be missing stuff within this new eternal world, mm-hmm. right? But right, like how much of that pulled away from like 60 card formats right i don't know and like i don't know what they're actually testing either um because it's like casual play design is what they call it right yeah um because we're getting a whole bunch of casual products like products that are just for casual players and i don't know that like an actual set release is for a casual player Fair. Um, like they do the game nights now where mm-hmm. it's like a set of five decks or whatever. Like I assume that they play test those and like jumpstart packs. We're getting jumpstart packs with every set now. I'm assuming like those are the sorts of things that casual design is working on. Yeah. Uh, I thought I it was know more commander. Casual design. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Uh, Maybe. See here. Uh, da, da, da. Okay, so the team is responsible for this. Is according to MTG Wiki. Mm-hmm. Uh, the team is responsible for making Commander and other casual formats fun and balanced. Okay, balance means something different for competitive than casual play, because of how much more diverse the experience is from player to player. So the team will not focus on balance in the same way that competitive play design does. Okay. The primary focus will be finding rates and play patterns that make the format the most fun for everyone. Uh, so, like, they, they look at things like how likely is the card to show up? Is it fun if it does show up in high qualities? How much fun is this for the table? Net fun. How mm-hmm. easy or difficult is it to include this in your deck? Um, so, while that is... I guess my... my worry there is right like you could make something that's like fun for like a table of six a table of four yeah that is misery for a table of two right and it feels like they've done that a lot yeah where it's just been like oh this is rough oh man paul chion is in uh, oh no sorry paul chion is a former member of play design oh i was looking i thought he was uh Okay, he is not. He's not in casual. Okay, cool. Um, but like, I think that they've they've focused on that uh, to some degree, which is, you know, hurt the uh, the competitive side some. Mm-hmm. And also, like, if you like splinter these people off, 
right? Like, it sounds like the way they test Limited is from the way, like, LSV describes, like, testing Limited in his experience and how he thinks it goes down is, like, they don't draft the set. Maybe they play, like, sealed two or three times and go, like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And the rest of it is, like, we've designed a bunch of sets before. So yeah, we know so we're going to know what we're doing. We know what we do, we're doing. And, like, I feel like they need to sit down and draft some of these sets. Yeah. Like, like every Friday should be, like, draft day. Where, like, they draft. I don't, I don't know if you can get good information that way, though. I, I think that as you get towards the end, right? And, like, you do, like you do a draft and yeah. like every time someone resolves inspiring overseer, you want to die. And you're like, Oh, maybe this is too good for a common because this card is soul crushing every time my opponent casts it. Yeah. Like I, I guess what, what I'm thinking though, is that when the file is changing constantly, like I don't know how long they have to play test the final version of the set. Fair. And if they only have, you know, three Fridays to draft the set, like, realistically, how many drafts are they going to get in? Fair. I'm just thinking more like if you did, you know, if you did, you know, if you got six drafts in, Mm -hmm. you would have run into probably the person who was like Grixis with like a light blue splash that just, like, blitzed you into the ground. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, is Blitz too good? Is yeah. this card too good because... Right? Does it need to Blitz, draw, deal four damage, draw a card, and leave behind a 2-2? Yeah. Right? Like, I think that those kind of things, maybe they could catch. Yeah, because, maybe. And now the... The... Uh, LR has mentioned this, that, like we've been so accustomed to good draft formats that the mm-hmm. bad draft formats are often better than what a draft format was 15 years ago. Right. Right. But like, I don't know if like every set's a nine and then you make like a five, that's super noticeable. Right. Right. And like you can miss, but maybe you miss to like a seven and, and people are like, that's eh, fine. They're not like aggressively mad at the set. Mm hmm. Which I think people were just like, you know, like a weekend, people were like, Nuka Pen is the worst draft format. Yeah. And then like... I think put, I was two days in. Yeah. Then they put Commander Legends 2 on Arena, and that took the crown as the worst draft set. <laughs> yeah. So, I think that it is a... It is a fine retrospective. I do think that there is maybe... And we've talked about this too much of a focus on commander i mean i definitely think that but i don't think it's changing anytime soon no i think that like they've decided that commanders where they're going to make their money yep and so they have to design i mean they're probably right like they They have to design cards for commander so yeah they have to design cards for commander yep so it's just unfortunate yeah we were going to talk about the anthologies but we're in super deep yeah, maybe next week. Maybe next week. Um, I do have a, a, a brief story, a parenting corner here. All right. So 
we took Gavin to the beach on Friday afternoon. Yeah. And so we diligently sunscreened him up. I sunscreened myself up. He wanted to go into the water, so I had to go with him. And um, Hannah put her sunscreen on. We were out, outside for like two hours. Come home, go to take a shower. And I had missed the insides of both of my knees. And I was sitting cross-legged playing oh, no. with him. So the insides of both of my knees where my swimming trunks stopped were just bright red. <laughs> and Hannah, because I was with Gavin in the water and she was alone putting on her sunscreen, you could see on her back where she was able to get some sunscreen and then where she missed. Yeah. So she's all red. I My knees are all burnt. But Gavin... 100% sunburn free. So we did our well, job. Yep, at least we, that's a bonus. We're both we're both scorched in different areas, <laughs> but he he's just like what are you talking about? It was great, man. Like no no Ill, no ill effects. Yeah. For uh for people that aren't local to this uh latitude, um the sun down here is pretty brutal. Like yes. half hour 45 minutes is plenty enough for you to feel the pain when you take a shower yeah we were we were out there for two hours yeah and yeah it was like got in that like took off my shorts and was like oh no it was like you know whitest man in america red <laughs> yeah and i was like oh no this is bad yeah my, <laughs> my wife and i enjoy you know going out to dinner or, you know a couple decent beers or whatever and being in a tourist town you can always spot the people oh, that yeah are, you're from out of town because they are like a lobster. Yeah, it's like, oh, man, you must be miserable. Yeah, I can't believe you're out in public right now. I would just want to be in a bathtub. <laughs> yeah, just full of ice. Just, uh... All right. Well, with that, I think we have a show. Yeah, we got a show. Um, Again, if you have anything you want to uh, ask us about for our uh, uh mailback episode or any kind of interaction all of our social media links are in the description below yeah hit us up if you guys want to support the show two ways to do it first is our tcg player affiliate link tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com use that link to head over to tcg player anything you purchase will help support the show and we really appreciate all the support we can get so thank you in advance uh, if you want to support us directly patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg you get access to our show notes. You get access to about another hour-ish worth of content every week. You get to listen to our pre-show. Um, and you get put on my mailing list for when I have stuff to send out to you guys. Probably later on this month, I think. Like this is the month that I'm doing it. So uh, probably later on this month that'll go out. So if you want to be included, patreon.com slash casualtryardmtg and chip a couple bucks in. Yeah. Thanks in advance. Yes, thank you. Yeah. All right. And with that... We'll catch you on the internets. We'll catch you on the internets.